it's inevitable. Life is going to take its pivots and bam, you find yourself in a drastically different situation than you expected. Well, where does that leave your finances? If you did any one of these eight things to prepare, you might be in a good place. But if you didn't, you might want to reconsider your priorities. All right, I'm sort of kidding. Residency can be such a letdown when it comes to building your financial foundation, but it truly doesn't have to be that way. If you're a physician wanting to take control over your financial future and take back the freedom you deserve, come hang out with this money nerd. No long hours or sleepless nights, just you, me, and the Financial Residency Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Inman, and welcome back to the show. Super excited to have you all here. Life sometimes takes us for a ride, and while we can't foresee everything that comes our way, we can manage how we react to the unexpected, which ultimately helps keep our finances on an even kill. And that sounds great, but it doesn't just have to sound great. You can actually live it, and that's why my next guest is the perfect person to share what has worked for her and her family, and she actually blogs about it and has a killer podcast on it too. Lacey Langford of The Military Money Show is an accredited financial counselor with 15 years of experience in financial planning, counseling, and coaching. She's helped hundreds of military families see the bright side of sound financial decisions and I think can help shed some light for you on preparing for a transition that you might not have seen coming. Now let's go hang out with my friend Lacey. Lacey, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm really happy to have you here. No, thank you for having me. I am super pumped about this. So we are going to be talking today about how to prepare your finances for transitions. I can immediately think of people being like, well, I don't have a transition in my life yet, or this isn't going to be applicable. Like maybe they'll skip. But in reality, we all have transitions and there's a lot of types of transitions. So why don't you just start us off here of what are some of the known and maybe even unknown transitions? I think there's like major and minor ones. So you think the major like birth of children, that will definitely change your life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, college, getting a new career, a divorce, very similar to a death, but a major life change, a retirement, moving, even maybe a minor one, a midlife crisis. <laughs> or major, depending on how bad. Yes. Like if you're getting a fish tank or maybe you're doing something else. <laughs> so, yeah, a Corvette, yes. Also, two pay changes are a transition. Whether you're increasing your income and now you got to figure out what to do with all that, or you're decreasing your income, like you're for some reason maybe got laid off and taking something lower paying. So there's definitely transition that people have already experienced and will continue to experience the rest of their lives. And some of these are financial related and some really aren't, but I think a lot of it just kind of commingles itself. And I know one of like the transitions could be is like deployment, right? Yeah. And my wife now working at the Navy as a pediatric pulmonologist has a lot of friends that are military physicians. And one of them went on deployment recently and she has beautiful twin five-year-old girls who are the most well-behaved kids ever. Hopefully it rubs off on my kids that they actually can become well-behaved because those two little girls are super cute. But her finances, I'm sure, had some mix of what's going on. There's lots of transition, lots of things going. Her husband's picking up all the slack everywhere. Lots of things can happen in transition. And you've got eight ways to prepare our finances for transition. 
And I'd like to just start off with number one and kind of bang out all eight here. Well, I want to say one thing, though. I think most transitions do cost you money. There is some type of financial impact, whether it's very low level or a large level, like going to college. That's a huge financial impact if you haven't prepared for it. But even if you did prepare for it, there are going to be things that pop up that you just could not anticipate, especially with like the birth of a child or being newly married. There's a lot of things there that you don't know what you don't know. And a lot of times what you don't know will cost you money. Know that kids are expensive. Yes. And they start off not as expensive. And then every day it feels like they become more expensive. Yes. And then they start talking and then they start asking for stuff. And then they start talking back and then you're like, well, I'm <laughs> yeah. not going to give you those stuff. Right. Or if I take that thing I gave you away, yeah. it's now going to be donated to a child that really would be nice and kind. <laughs> yeah. So at FlynnCon, Pat Flynn told a story on stage where he said like he was taking his kids to Disneyland and they're really working on their parenting skills and making sure that they're focused and you know attentive, but they're also consistent. And so he went to go get the kids ice cream and he said, okay, you guys be good. Listen to mom. I'll be right back. And it took obviously forever because it's Disneyland. And he comes back and he's like, these things were $12 each. <laughs> and the kids, when I got back, everyone looked super pissed. And he asked, were you guys good? His wife said, no, they were bad and they don't get ice cream. And the kids looked at him like, I want the ice cream. You got it. And he's over there like, I paid $12 each for these ice creams. And then he threw them in the trash because the kids didn't deserve it. And I'm like, oh, my heart hurts in like three different ways here. That's really sweet of him. I probably would have just sat there and like licked each one of them or like taken a bite of each one of them, then put them in the trash. Well, I was going to say about the eight, I think transitions are stressful. That is the major thing. And you kind of want to avoid that. And preparation, I think, is key. And the first step to doing that is getting in the right mindset. So you have to already know how you're going to handle something before it happens. So that way you're able to move into that very quickly because things are going to happen that are known transitions and then there's going to be unknown transitions. So like, let's say you don't know that you're going to get a new job or you don't know that you're going to have a baby. That's going to be, yeah, surprise. So you have to decide how are you going to be? Are you going to freak out? My favorite saying, are you going to fold like a lawn chair or are you going to choose? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to do that. You don't want to just curl into a ball. You want to try to be calm and find the positive in the situation. When I was growing up, my father was a military police officer. He had four kids, three of them girls. So mm. safety and security were big briefings at my household. So yes, yes. My dad, one thing he really wanted us to understand is that you know, if somebody ever tried to grab us, like drag us into a car that we had to know in advance what we were going to do. He's like, because when stuff goes wrong in life, it's going to happen very quickly. You're not going to have really a lot of time to think. And so it's important to have already made your decision. So before it happens, you can just roll right into it. And so he taught us that you need to understand that you have to fight. That is the mindset that if all of a sudden somebody grabs hold of you, that that's your first instinct is to fight. So that's already decided. So you can just jump into the fighting. And that's something I definitely apply in all of my life. Not that I'm, I'm looking for a barroom brawl, but I definitely think, okay, hey, this bad thing, whatever happened in my life, I've decided I'm going to find the positive in it. I'm going to start working on it. I'm going to figure it out. And especially my life in the military and my husband's career in the military. Like one time we found out we had to move in five days. And I was like, that's not realistic. They can't move us in five days. Oh. 
but it was possible. Yes, it was. (laughs) was. That is possible? Oh, man. Yes, yes, they did it. They did it. There's so many things to do. It's overwhelming. Instead of sitting down and like folding like a lawn chair or crying about it, the decision was already made. All right, I'm going to fight. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to be positive. I'm going to roll with it and try to find humor in the situation. But making that decision to, you know, your fight or flight instinct beforehand is really important to make it so those transition aren't as stressful as they could be otherwise. I've learned two things. One is never make Lacey upset because <laughs> uh, she's looking for a fight. But two, moving in five days, I think that would just make me a minimalist instantly. Like I got my couple of my clothes, I got my laptop and torch the rest. Let's go. <laughs> yes. yes, you do streamline things. The first thing that we have here is now mindset. So what is number two of how to prepare? Well, you want to make sure that you have a cash fallback position. At some point in life, you know you're going to get punched in the face by something. You know, you're going to get laid off. You're going to not be doing something at work that you should be paid for. Something's going to happen where life happens. Life is going to happen no matter what. It's not a question of if it's going to happen, when is it going to happen, and how much it's going to cost you is what's really important. And so having a cash fallback position is really important. So you have money to be able to cover the costs of that. If it's something that is really important to you, like your family's pet, making sure they're able to move with you, that they have the proper care, you're going to need to have cash for that. Or if you're moving and you have to pick a hotel and it's between a really expensive one or one where you probably aren't going to sleep well that night, you want to be able to cover the cost for that more expensive hotel. So having extra cash set aside is really important, not just you know your emergency fund, but really for transitions in life. Yeah. It's almost like a specific savings goal for transitions is really what I'm kind of taking out of that. It is because a lot of them are known. So you do know maybe if your job is moving you or you do know that you are going to be finishing college and starting a new job. Those things you can really set money aside for so you're well prepared for those things that are going to fall out of the sky and into your lap, the problems that you want to be able to cover. So definitely a transition fund would be helpful. Some people ask like, well, what am I going to use an emergency fund for? Well, you're talking about pre-planning and knowing what's going to happen. Well, if you had to move in five days, you're probably going to have to use some of your emergency fund. You're not going to have time to plan out if you needed more cash for something during that move or that transition. You will have to dip into your emergency fund. So that's kind of one of the things you could look at as well. Right. And it's peace of mind. It's you know paying for something up front. Maybe you might be reimbursed for it through your job. But paying for it up front is going to make it easier for you and your family to make that move, or it's going to make your children more comfortable. You're going to want to pay that amount of money. Mm-hmm. That's you know what's important to you. And so having that set aside makes it so you're not stressed out that, oh, hey, my kids aren't being taken care of the way I want them to, or you know we're not comfortable. I love it. So let's go to the next thing that we can do to prepare our finances which really piggies back off of what I was just saying, that you have to get your priorities straight. What is most important to you in life? Knowing that list of things makes it very easy to make decisions. Is it your family? Is it your health? Is it your cat? Having that list of things like that you're going to pay extra for, or you're going to go to that, you know, your fight instinct first makes it easier to let go of the stuff that doesn't matter and let it roll off your back, not worry about it. Like, let's say, okay, well, all of our dishes got broken in the move. 
that's low level priority. My kids are healthy. You know, we're safe. The cat's alive. We're good to go. Or if it's really important for you to make a certain amount of money with a new job, then you know that's something that you're going to go to battle for to make sure it happens because it's in your list of priorities versus if they're like, okay, well, we're going to give you the salary, but you're going to have a really crappy cubicle at work. Well, that's not such a big deal to you. You're going to bat for what's important. So having your priorities straight really lowers your stress level and makes it easy to execute decisions quickly. Yeah, I love that. And we talk about life planning on the show a lot. And if you're doing life planning right, these type of things are already sorted out. You've already kind of identified priorities and the direction where you want to go. And obviously life can change in a dime, but at least you're pre-planning these things. So that's my favorite tip so far. So what's the next tip? It's leave room to pivot. This is something a lot of people don't do financially altogether, let alone during transitions. But you have to leave room to move. You can't paint yourself into a corner. So if you know you have a transition coming up, don't max out your credit cards. Don't sign your kid up for every single sport where you're maxing out your time or volunteering every free moment that you have. Or you could be saying yes to everything like, yes, I'll go to this party. Yes, I'll do this, somebody's retirement ceremony. Or or if you're not paying down your debt, you are really making it tight for you to make decisions and to be able to cover financial unexpected things. So make sure that you leave financial room to move and to pivot when you're going through transition. But I would highly recommend it just in general in life. Yeah, that's a great tip. And that's one that thing I can definitely work on. So definitely don't max out your credit cards and obviously pay down debt and all that good stuff. But don't say yes to everything. That is really hard. And Taylor manages a lot of my schedule because even if I wanted to do something, she would steer me in a different direction. Like, hey, nope, you can't do that fun thing because we've got you know a kid's birthday party or whatever it is. But I like tend to say yes because I don't like to disappoint is my thing. So that's a huge tip. I like that one a lot. Well, and two, it's not just saying yes, but also don't leave decisions lingering. So if there is something that somebody's come to you about, make the decision. Don't let it hang over you like, oh, I haven't said yes or no to this party, or I haven't said yes or no to sponsoring a dinner, whatever it is, make the decision. And if it's no, and you let people down gently to say, hey, I really am just maxed out on my time, or this is an expense right now that I can't incur because I have this transition going on, just making that decision will free up mental bandwidth. Absolutely. I think that's such a good way of putting that. So let's go to number five. Okay. Research means relief when it comes to transition. Things are going to happen. Transitions, we've listed them all off. You're going to have one, at least one, probably like 10 in your lifetime. But doing your homework on the transition that's about to happen or one that just got dropped in your lap is really important to reduce the fear of the unknown because that stops people from making decisions or it clogs up the wheels. Doing a little bit of research will go a long way for you to understand what's going to happen, where you're going. Like, let's say it's your new job. Understanding what an average day looks like at this job is a quick email you can send to HR or to a person that you know works there. If you're moving, understanding what the costs are going to be to make that transition will help you budget that. Doing research definitely means relief for your mental bandwidth, but also for your budget. So it's really important to take that time. And a lot of people don't do that. 
They just keep mulling it over in their head instead of just taking the time to do it. And after you do it, then you kick yourself that you wish you would have done it sooner, but you do feel better about it. Absolutely. And I'm hoping that's what everyone listening here is starting that research down their financial journey and understanding more and asking the right questions. So if you have questions as we're going through these things or anything, obviously on the show or the blog or anything, you know, make sure you're joining our community at financialresidency.com slash community and asking those things because you want to be prepared for anything that's coming at you. And obviously we can't prepare for everything, but the more prepared you are, the higher probability of success when it comes to hitting your goals or to not having a huge uh oh moment, I'm in trouble. So I love the research, definitely. Also, two people that ask the questions are the one that are going to avoid mistakes. Because if you roll into something not understanding it fully, that's how you're going to make mistakes. And it's not just something that's going to hurt your time or be a frustration. It definitely can hurt your wallet. So not understanding your new 401k is a problem because it could really help you in the long run or not understanding the parking or whatever that could cost you money. And all it took was asking a question. So I totally agree with you that it's good for people to reach out. And one of the big mistakes that I see physicians making is without looking at, into the research on what whole life really is, oh. that whole life insurance. Yes. I see it all the time. I mean, all the time. I have, I've had people come and they're paying four or five grand a month into this, thinking that it's an investment because they were pitched as it's an investment. But insurance is insurance. Investments are investments. Never mix the two. If they would have done some research, they would have figured out, and I've got a huge post on financialresidency.com, I'll make sure I'll link, that you'll understand everything, the pros and the cons of whole life, and you're going to realize that it is not meant for like 99% of the population, even though it's sold to 99% of the population. But that brings up a good point. Get a second opinion. You know, bounce that idea off of somebody else. You know, it's just not about doing the research. It's putting it into context and getting other information to help make the best decision. So maybe I should elaborate on that. Research means relief, but also double check that. <laughs> oh, I think you, you you nailed it. And I, I'm hoping that everyone listening is obviously starting that research process. But just being in the know, understanding what's going on, like the more education you get, let's even just keep it finance. The higher your financial acumen, the higher probability of success. It's that simple. The more you know what's going on, the less likelihood you're going to get taken advantage of and the higher likelihood that you're going to actually plan and think about what is important, what your goals are, and you're probably going to hit those or exceed them, honestly, because most people, they set goals that they already know that they can achieve. And if you're doing that, you're probably going to achieve those and surpass them. Totally agree. Let's go to our sixth takeaway here. Don't go into denial and avoid. This is really, really important. I know you've seen this too. People, I've had it like they come in and they bring mail, like they've never even opened their bills or looked at like their investments or their retirements, yeah. things like that. You can't just pretend like it's not there. When a transition starts to happen, you know it's coming or all of a sudden you're in the middle of it. It's really important to face the issue or the problem head on. And avoiding or denying it will only compound the anxiety that's involved with it, the stress and the cost. So. It's really important to don't go in denial, don't avoid it. You have to face it head on, but also don't play stupid. I know that's a little tough love, <laughs> but um, if you know you hate your job, you're probably going to be leaving your job soon, one way or the other. You know, you might be leaving, you might be laid off. If you are madly in love, you are probably 
going to get married soon. You're going to ask that person to marry you, which is going to be a major financial transition. Or, and this is the reality of life sometimes, like if something's going wrong with your marriage, if you're not working on that, then that could mean another transition in your life. So it's really important to not be in denial and don't avoid the problem. You need to start handling it as soon as it starts happening with those steps of doing your research, start getting the relief, use your mindset, make sure you start adjusting to leave room to pivot. Like if you know that you might be leaving your job soon, you better start paying off some debt. You don't want to max out your time because you might be looking for another job. So really handle it in the moment. Yeah, if you know you're going to leave or transitions are happening, it might not be the best time to take that awesome vacation. Right. Totally agree. All right, number seven. What's the seventh thing we can do? Keep the status quo. You definitely, during a transition, you don't want to do something crazy like you just mentioned. You don't want to go out and buy that boat you've always wanted. During a transition, especially when it's unexpected or there's going to be large financial costs to it, you don't want to be spending a ton of money. You want to kind of maintain what you have going on. You want to be paying for things that you need, not things that you want. So adding expenses like a boat or a big trip or something crazy like that, you're only throwing fuel on the fire of the transition. So you kind of want to keep the status quo, maintain what you have during the transition. I like that one because you want to keep the status quo. You don't want to rock the boat. Well, the last thing you want to worry about is your finances during whatever type of transition that might be. And, you know, if you're going to overspend, you're probably going to then have some anxiety over, oh, should I have really done that? Knowing deep down, like you probably shouldn't have done that. So I, I like that one. You know why I love the status quo? Have you ever seen the movie National Treasure? You're going to make me admit on air that I have. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. I don't know why I really like that movie. I know my husband gives me crap about it, but in the movie, they talk about the end where that big scene where they're going down like this rickety stairs and the guy's like holding him hostage. And his dad says to like Nicolas Cage, he's like, you just have to maintain the status quo. I'm with your husband on this one. Nicolas Cage is actually going like, people watch that movie? Wow. And you're like over here, I love that movie. (laughs) I find it entertaining. I guess I shouldn't use the word love. I... I enjoy... We already have it on air. You love (laughs) that movie. Let me tell you, if that airs over and over again on social media... (laughs) That's what it is. That's all this... This whole show is now... I love that National Treasure movie. (laughs) I'll stop picking on you. Let's go to our eighth and final thing that we can do during the transition to prep our finances. Communication is definitely key when you are in transition. You need to communicate like your life depends on it, especially when you're married. A transition is notoriously hard for a married couple. I know I've gone through this myself with all of the moves that I've made throughout my life with my parents, myself, my husband, with the military. It is prime time for a huge fight. (laughs) It is, you know, things are going to go wrong. It gets stressful. You're dealing with a lot of people in a transition, whether you're moving, you're getting a new job, you're having a baby, you're getting married. There are other people you are communicating with to work on that transition. So, It's important for the couple to have their communication solid, and then that way they're able to better communicate with other people. 
the communication can help reduce the stress. And that's what you want through all of this. A smooth transition will be one where you're not stressed out. There's no extra cost. So communicating will help with that process because if you start fighting during a move, you might end up like paying for an extra hotel room and you don't want that extra expense. Or communicating poorly can mean that you didn't relay something that needed to be done with a mover or with a new job, your new boss, something that you preferred with the birth of your new child. Communication is key and can reduce that stress, reduce costs, and just make the experience more bearable. Communication is key like in all of your finances, not just yes. really in transition. And that's like the foundation of the life planning that we reference pretty much on every show because it is truly important. You can't just get that by putting all your information in a calculator. That's important, but it's not the most important stuff. And if life planning is the most important, well, how do you do that? And you do it by communicating and being open and saying, hey, here's what I really enjoy. Here's my expectations. Hey, here's what's coming, whether it's an opportunity or a challenge. So while this is a great tip for transitions, it is also absolutely one of the foundations of having a strong financial life plan. So I love that we're ending in this one because it is maybe the most important out of all of this is just being open, having great lines of communication. I know I've talked on the show before several times about having money dates. Like that's an easy way to kind of open up the line of communication with your spouse on what your money is doing and how things are flowing with your finances coming in and out. But communication is so critical. I'm really, really happy that you ended with that one. That was a good one. Yes, I completely agree. In finance, it's very important because if you aren't on that same page, it could really cause some problems. Not only, again, extra expenses, but if you're thinking, okay, well, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom and your husband's thinking you're going to go to work after the baby, that's a major communication problem right there that could cause a lot of resentment and impact the way each of them see their financial future. So it is really important. Absolutely. You know, Taylor finished fellowship and she had been busting her butt for years and years and years to go through. And we had two kids in fellowship. We were crazy. And so when she finished, our daughter was like four months old and our son was just turning two. And she's like, hey, I don't want to work for a while. I need to take a break. I want to be with the kids during this like really important time. If she would have not communicated that for years and it was just like, oh, by the way, I don't want to work. We would have been in probably a lot of trouble. Right. I just not just started the business, but I'd, I'm still in the introductory stage of running my own business, the financial planning practice. And if she would have said, like, hey, by the way, honey, I, I decided next month when I'm done with fellowship, I don't want to work, we would have been in a lot of trouble. But instead, we had been saving for years to have a huge emergency fund in order to be able to get through that point. And I kind of knew, like, there's no way. I know my wife, there's no way she's not going to work for a year. Like, she's, too smart. She's too gung-ho. Like, there's no way. And she made it like seven months, which was longer than I thought she'd make it. But if we didn't have that communication, we would have been toast. And I would have been toast because I would have been twitching as the planner going like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? And yeah. she would have been like, I'm doing this. That would have been horrible. But that open line of communication and saying like, hey, this is important to me. And I know this is the track we're going. And in a couple of years, I want to take a break. That's totally fine if you plan for it. And it was only possible with communication. I coached a couple one time and 
the husband was holding on. Financially, they were really struggling. And he's like, I know she's going to go to work as soon as our youngest goes into kindergarten. And so it's been a stressful like few years for this guy. And then his wife comes out and says, I planned on never working. I want to be at home every day when the kids get home from school, no matter if they're in kindergarten or they're in 12th grade. This was what she had been thinking. And so that was like a breaking point of their marriage to say, hey, like we've been struggling financially. I've just been holding it together so that you could start working. And now you're saying you're not going to. That was a major breakdown in communication at that point. It was very difficult. There's not much I can do for them because there was so much resentment, animosity, and just hurt It's like, I don't even know if we can get to the money stuff. You've got to maybe talk to some marriage people before we can really even get into this because at that point, it was so deep and it was all over a lack of communication. They're prime for life planning, really going through and figuring out like what the goals are. And I don't know their situation, but if you're stretched thin and you're praying that, hey, in two years, like this is going to get better, you're in a bad state already. It doesn't matter what's going to happen in two years if they go back to work or not. You need to figure out the now and make changes now and make sure that you both are on the same page with how you're spending money. It's one thing how it comes in. It's another thing how it goes out. Oh, yeah. She's or he is not going to go back to work. Then you really need to have a sit down and go, how are we really spending money? And how are we going to be able to sustain a lifestyle on one income? Physicians, they generally have higher incomes, so it's easier, but there's some, you know, like Gen Peds. I like to make fun of Gen Peds because <laughs> like I can, you know, they don't earn as much as, you know, dermatologists. And so they can't do the same things necessarily for that. And that's okay. You can still be successful financially. It just is going to be that your income, you can't make some of the dumb mistakes that you maybe could if your income was triple of what it was. So communication is just so important. Lacey, for those that haven't heard of you, Hopefully, they will go check out your awesome award-nominated podcast. Tell us a little bit more about you, your podcast, and what you're up to. I am the host of the Military Money Show, so I specialize in military money. That's something I grew up in the military. I served, my husband served, and then you know my financial expertise. So I kind of mesh those two worlds, and I have a blog where I share information about the latest stuff with military and money and ways to improve people's financial lives. That's through, you know, how they spend money, make money, and they invest money. So really excited about some episodes that I have coming out on the show. So good things are coming. Good things are always coming with you. And I can't wait to see what you have coming out. Thank you again so much for being on the show. It's been super fun and just honored you were here. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me. This was an awesome and fun topic for me to discuss. So I appreciate it. All right, it's time for a recap. And there were so many great takeaways in there, but I'm going to leave you with just three that I want you to walk away with. And the first one is that mindset has a lot to do with how well you set yourself up for financial success. You can either choose to fold like a lawn chair, as Lacey put it, or you could dig in and face what's coming. Transitions are stressful. That is the major thing. And you kind of want to avoid that. And preparation, I think, is key. And the first step to doing that is getting in the right mindset. So you have to already know how you're going to handle something before it happens. So that way you're able to move into that very quickly because things are going to happen that are known transitions. And then there's going to be unknown transitions. Takeaway number two, we talk about having an emergency fund for those of course, emergencies you didn't quite see coming. 
but you should also have money set aside for extraneous expenses to cover the cost of anything you might need while in transition. So having extra cash set aside is really important, not just you know your emergency fund, but really for transitions in life. Lastly, it's about communication. Just talk to each other. Is there something that maybe you thought of that you needed to share with someone through that unexpected transition? And how did you communicate it? Lacey explains why communicating is important and one of the eight ways it can help you prepare your finances for a transition. Communicating poorly can mean that you didn't relay something that needed to be done with a mover or with a new job, your new boss, something that you preferred with the birth of your new child. Communication is key and can reduce that stress, reduce costs, and just make the experience more bearable. I always love to do our quick community updates and surely by now you have, by listening to the show, heard of stretch goals and stretch goals are the goals that you kind of overextend yourself in order to make as much progress as you can to the goal that you want to achieve. Well, of course, I naturally practiced that and did a few of stretch goals of my own with our membership community, the book, the podcast with three shows a week, but of course, ran into a snag. I got sick with pneumonia this month and another team member who helps run the show had a baby sooner than expected. So that means that we are behind and I've emailed lots of you and I appreciate all the emails that have come in. The show will go on. Things will get back to normal. I promise in the coming weeks, we're going to have more details on the community and the book and everything that's happening. But thank you for being patient. We're almost back to normal And I really appreciate all of you who are here listening. I want you all to have a great week. So I will see you all on Monday. Cheers. This podcast is like a marriage. You get out of it what you put in. So if you show up and put in the time to learn about the financial topics most affecting you, you'll more than likely grow in your financial savviness. But here's the thing. What you hear in this show is to be taken with a generic stride. It's a blanket adaptation of different financial topics affecting physician families. I can't guarantee any specific advice because I don't know who you are or what financial challenges you may be facing. I'd recommend consulting an attorney, a CPA, or me, a fee-only financial planner to help you with any of those questions.